the podcast coach for March 27th, 2021. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means, hey, it's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com and joining me right over there is the one the only jim collison from the average guy.tv jim how's it going buddy greetings dave happy saturday morning to you a good reminder with my shirt today a good reminder that uh no matter where you're at they're always uh, the, the the blood banks are always in need of donations uh blood donation month is january but go ahead and get it set up now like we just we just kind of need that so just a good reminder to folks, if you can give blood, do. Yes. Blood is a good thing. The last time I checked, I like mine. Yeah. I like, I, yeah. sometimes I get a little stingy. I like to keep it in my body, but, uh, yeah, no, you, you know what, when you give it away, you get more like it. it's the body is really good at making more. So just kind of a, just kind of a great reminder as we come out of this, this global pandemic yeah. that uh, they're in desperate need of, of uh, blood donors. Jim, are you, uh, are you feeling thirsty at the moment? I am. Yeah. Oh. This helps with the, the blood replenishment. That's <laughs> for sure. There we go. And that, of course, that pour is brought to you by the one and only Mark over at podcastbranding.co, where he says, we help your podcast stand out with affordable, professionally designed website and artwork. He really is an awesome guy. I'm actually looking at his website now, again, podcastbranding.co, and it mentions there he's an award-winning graphic and web designer with over 30 years in the design field. He's been podcasting since 2013, and he's branded over 150 podcasts and really would love to help you look professional. The thing I love about it, every time I slap the school of podcasting logo on it, or today I, I put the uh, Ask the Podcast Coach logo into our artwork, it's just cool that you know you're going to look good. And uh, Mark now has, he just added a new feature where if you're like, I'm not even sure how good my brand is, he will actually now give you a audit where you can kind of say, hey, here's what I have. He'll look at what you have and then work with you to figure out, okay, maybe we could do this or that. So when you need to look good, there's only one place you want to go. And that, of course, is podcastbranding.co. Cappuccino. Yes, coffee. So, uh, and if I want to share a cup of coffee with somebody, you know who I'd want to share it with? Who's that? That would be the one, the only. Glenn the Geek. Hey, guys. Good to see you. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to stop by for one reason, and that is I got this in the mail, and apparently it was done in my honor, and I love it. Look at this. (laughs) Don't be boring. Yes, I, I have my matching shirt on. Mine's in green, uh, and, and Glenn's in red. And I was like, it was one of those things where I was trying to figure out one day, I was like, I forget what I was reading, but they were talking about a mission statement. And I was like, well, really, when I talk about podcasts, I'm, I really just, I don't want people to be boring. And I'm like, you know, Glenn said it best. Valerie <laughs> Geller has said it. A lot of people have said that. And I was like, well, if I'm going to put don't be boring on a t-shirt, I got to send one to Glenn because that's, I should have had that queued up. I don't have that. Uh, I think that's the first thing I said the first time you saw me at one of the conferences. Yeah, I know. I think it was yeah. on your first appearance. And I'm like, any advice yeah. for new podcasters? And you're like, yeah, don't be boring. And I was like, <laughs> it's really it. 
So I probably had just gotten off a stint of listening to a bunch of boring podcasts when I got there. I was like, that was on my mind. Don't be boring. Glenn, this is the elusive question. Okay, so yeah. if, the, if, the, if the idea is don't be boring, how, how do you be interesting? And, you know, Dave and I talk about this all the time. I think one of the things, I, and I'll just kind of prime the pump with it, I think one of the things that's interesting is when the co-hosts actually like each other. So, you know, like when there's banter and laughter and some of those kinds of things, when there's a good relationship between the the the, the co-hosts in it. What else are you looking for when when you're listening? Besides that, what else makes it interesting if we're not to be boring? I think I think part of it's natural too. I you know part of it is just you. I, you're just you're that kind of person where you are interesting. Now, I, I do think you can work on that. I think you can become more interesting just with your voice and inflection and different things like that. I think you can also, you know, I recommend everybody take improv classes. We did an mm-hmm. improv session mm-hmm. at last year's PodFest and it, the room was packed. And, you know, I think part of that you can work on, but I, I do think part of it's natural too. You know, when I'm picking hosts, I, I can tell in two minutes. You know, you know, and to Dave, you could too. You could listen and go, okay, that's somebody I want to work with. Uh, but I do think you're right about co-hosts. My co-host on the morning show, we're 2,600 episodes 10 years mm-hmm. later, and you were still together. It's because we truly like doing the show together. We, you know, we, and we enjoy that. And you can tell hosts that are doing it, you know, they don't really know each other all that well, or even like each other all that much. Uh, and it gets uncomfortable for the listener. You know, they'd rather listen to, you know, I get along with you guys. They'd rather listen to the three of us talk than two people where it's really uncomfortable all the time. Right. Or they're negating each other all the time, which is one of the big mistakes with co-hosts. Well, but that doesn't necessarily, when you say, well, explain that. What do you, what do you mean by negating? Well, at improv, the first lesson is never say no, you know? So you're like, you ask me to do something, I answered instead of saying, that's not something I want to talk about right now. And I move on, right? right. That'd be, that all of a sudden became uncomfortable for the listener. Right. Uh, whereas I said, you know, you asked me to do something and I did it. I didn't say no. Um, right. you know, we would fire when we had the acting company, we did all improv for 10 years and one fireable offense on your first offense was saying no. Mm. If you were on stage and somebody asked you to do something, whether it was pick them up and carry them off, you know, whatever it was, you had to do it. You didn't say no. If you said no, I fired you that day. Wow. wow. The, the cool thing about improv and, and why I think everybody should try it once, you will never be more intensely listening and in the moment with someone than when you're doing improv because you don't want them to get done with whatever they've just thrown in your lap and you go, uh, could you say that again? I was, you know, I was checking my phone or whatever it was. That's the thing. I had a, a guy once come on and we were talking about improv and, and we did some and I was like, the whole time you're just like, okay, what, what, are, what are they saying? And, and it's amazing to just listen to your brain go, because it's like, whoa, I'm definitely, you know, in the moment and, and listening. So. You just did it. I mean, Dave just did good improv. One of the things that I say in one of the comments, one of the things we say is yes and. That's one of the, the most common things you're going to learn in improv. That's the second thing you'll learn after don't say no. Uh, but Dave just did that. He said he, he took what I said and he built upon it. He didn't say yes and, but he basically did and built upon it. But that's, you know, that's the second rule of improv. I, th- I think there's also a content um, piece in here, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be all about, you don't have to, you know, only talk about those things. Dave and I talk about podcasting a lot, but it varies, but it always kind of comes back to the podcast. And I think there's a being true to your subject, being a subject matter expert, 
whatever that word expert means, right? I mean, yeah. on, on the horse radio network, I'm sure you get some horse enthusiasts. They may not necessarily always be the expert, but they might be a little more interesting than the expert in that case, right? Right. So sometimes it's just content, right? Well, and actually, if we get Olympic riders on sometimes, they're the worst guests because they're boring. because they're so focused on what they do 20 hours a day that they really, you know, talking is not their thing, right? So they sometimes, and sometimes when we get listeners on, they're the most fun, and we get more reaction to having listeners on than the Olympic riders. Uh, I I am editing now a podcast for uh, literally like brain surgeons, and they're brilliant people, and when they get into some discussions, it's fun, but it's also amazing how many brilliant doctors, man, putting together a sentence. If I got paid by the um, I'd be retired by now in some cases. And I was like, I hate to say, it, and I'm going to send, who do we send hate mail to? Jim at hatemail.com. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So send your hate mail there. But authors, when we get authors on, I cringe because it's either going to be a good one or they're going to suck. It's going to be one or the other. Uh, because they tend to be, a lot of them, are boring because they're authors. They're not talkers. You know, they don't talk, yeah. but some of them are great too. Then you get an author on that's perfect. My, uh, but my favorite example of that is Alex Bloomberg, who's the guy from Gimlet and you know, all that stuff. Brilliant guy when it comes to shaping a podcast, but he taught a class and it was so obvious that he was out of his element and he, he knew what he wanted to say and things like that, but you could just tell he was physically nervous and consequently, and it's weird because I was watching this and I was like, wow, I can't believe how nervous this guy is because he's just, he's stammering. And, and, and I looked down to the, like, there's nothing but comments like, wow, this guy is like, can't put two sentences together and he's brilliant. But like what, and I was like, this isn't his thing. He's used to reading off of a script, you know, that's right in front of him. So yeah, that was, it's always interesting when you kind of get out of your element. It's uh, not as easy Glenn- as it looks sometimes. Glenn, do you have a, like a, when you interview folks for the, for your network, do you have a rubric or something you use to kind of check things off or is it just a feel, you know, just, I don't know what a rubric is, so I don't have one. Um, it's just a, it's just a scoring box where you're, okay. where you're saying, okay, I'm looking for these kinds of things and the closer they, it's like a golf score, so to speak. Right. So you're just kind of trying to figure out, you're grading them on a predetermined scale, so to speak. One of the things we do when we, we bring hosts on is we have them on as guests. And a lot of times we don't tell them that we're looking for them to be a host. Yeah. So you can tell, again, in five minutes as a guest, whether the kind of person you're looking for. One is, do they listen? Dave brought that up. That's one of the keys. If you're going to be a good interviewer, you have to be a good listener. Um, you know, we, we don't recommend having, we don't send questions to guests ahead of time. Um, because if you're a good listener, you're not going to get to them anyway. I'm never going to get to those questions. I may get to them in a roundabout way through the conversation, but I'm never going to ask them in the order they're there because I'm following them. I'm following their lead. I'm going to ask the first question and see where it goes and then pick up from there. I'm going to have an idea of what my questions are, uh, but I'm always going to be listening for where do I go from here that may be more interesting than what I had planned. Because they're going to throw you a nugget, and if you, that's going to be the nugget you didn't plan. The stuff that becomes, especially on a daily show like we do, the stuff that has become universal that we do all the time, segments that we do all the time, were accidental. They weren't planned. Our really bad ad segment where listeners send us hundreds of bad horse ads a week and we make fun of them, 
was accidental. We didn't plan that, and we do it every week now. It's our most popular segment. Um, we give away $500 worth of prizes every month to people who submit those. It's become that popular. We have sponsors wondering to sponsor it, but we didn't plan it. You know, so it's the, the gold comes from the things you didn't plan. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think what, looking, like you're saying, um, looking for those moments that happen. I mean, the coffee pour is an, ex- is, yep. yeah. right. That's the, that is, that came out of just doing it. And at one point, Dave and I looked at each other and were like, you know, we got to get that thing sponsored. Like, <laughs> And it and it you know and it did and so well, it, and when you know. di- when you're late at it I'm listening going what the hell he's getting thirsty you guys forgot <laughs> the coffee for <laughs> well I speaking of of sponsorships I'm going to try something here but this is from Adam Curry and in theory now if you guys talk you're probably going to hear an echo so just so you know but I'm going to play this file it's fairly quick but he's talking about sponsorship by creating the media roundtable yes. Madison Avenue has created the Media Roundtable, a group of organizations that aims to promote civility and stronger dialogue in media. It's launching a chart of what it considers to be the podcast that display the most and least bias. The debut of the chart, prepared by research organization Ad Fontes Media, is part of a bid to get advertisers to support content of better quality in an area where the proliferation of niche outlets makes such stuff more difficult to track. So now they're going to have a list and they're going to say, well, these podcasts, you shouldn't advertise on them. And if we catch you advertising on them, we will expose you. So I thought that was, I'm out of business, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I, part of it, I want to go, well, again, if we go back to the, don't be boring, I, I think those shows are going to have a hard time getting a sponsor, but it's, I don't know. I, I was, I, this is a dangerous subject because we're right on the edge of cancel culture. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go there, but it is interesting that they're, whoever those people are making a list and they're like, well, when in doubt you attack the sponsors. And I was like, I don't think Glenn, you have to worry about that. You've got a great relationship with your audience. You got a great relationship with your sponsors. So. Yeah, we not something. And the horse world's a little different, you know. Where people are addicted, you know. We're we're they want to hear my ads because they love hearing about product. We did once. We had a mattress company that we used here at the house for years, and we did. I talked them into running ads. It was the worst thing I ever did. I got more hate mail from listeners <laughs> saying it wasn't horse related, and I've never done a non horse related ad since because they hated it. So no meal plans, you know, none of that usual stuff because my listeners are just hate it. You know, they just don't like it. Uh, it, it. I think it's a good, I mean, I think it's a good reminder of who you're trying to reach. And I, by the way, I don't know if just because you get hate mail on, on that, you shouldn't do it. I mean, for some, for some folks that actually may be a good indication of engagement in what they're doing. So, um, you know, you may not want to take that advice at face value for your own podcast. But, um, but that being said, you know, I get, it was crazy. The engagement I've done. Hello. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, Dave, is it okay? I've I've done the hello fresh ads and I got a little bit of engagement. I did. Okay. So that's food. I did a technology one on my, on my, this is a tech podcast and I did a technology ad. Nothing like it got (laughs) what I thought would get at least something right. Got zero. And then recently, um, we've been doing we've been doing an ad for one for a crypto company, and crypto's hot, and it that ad has just done really really well. And so, 
you know, sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's how the audience responds. Sometimes it's the needs of like, you know, I actually thought the HelloFresh stuff would do well going into the pandemic and it was just crickets. Like nobody, <laughs> like no, you know, nobody took advantage of it. So mm. I think, and Glenn, you do a lot of these. I think the ad space can be tricky, right? I mean, it's not a slam dunk, get an advertiser, right? Have you had, like, give some tips if you're in dealing with this. Are there one or two tips you'd give podcasters to be like, you need to know this when dealing with advertisers? Getting them or dealing them with them after? Because I think they're two different things. Oh, well, let's let's maybe cover both then on okay, that. So, so getting them and dealing with them. Getting them is relationships. You know, it's still relationship business. It always has been. Sales is always about relationships. That's not changed since I started sales 40 years ago, right? Um, so it, it's developing relationships over a long period of time. And, and we do that by being in touch with them. I'm constantly trying to talk to them either in person at shows or, you know, contacting them by email or phone or whatever it is. It's building that relationship, also doing it through our listeners in a way. So our listeners will say, Hey, I really like this company. And, you know, I'll use the listener as a reference. Hey, one of our listeners recommended we contact you. That's surprisingly effective, actually. Um, and, and then con- you, you're always there. You're always reminding them in a, in a way. They have to see you also. They have to see your shows. They have to have their customers talking about your shows. And you're, you're just always there in social media. We're popping up and we're popping up. And we're just a constant reminder that we're there. Some of the sponsors that I've gotten in the last year during COVID time, I've been talking to for 10 years. And now they're just finally catching up to the rest of the world going, hey, podcasts really are a thing. So, <laughs> you know, that's that that's been our biggest struggle in the horse world is they tend to be behind technologically. So it's always catching up. Then once you get them, that's a different story. Now you really have to work with them. So you really have to work with them to get them engaged and involved. So we try and do different things. We try and have the sponsors do segments if we can. We try and have them on the show. So, you know, we we get them on on a regular basis. They have to feel like they're part of it. If they feel like they're part of it, they're going to stay with you. Um, It doesn't, then it doesn't even matter so much what they're seeing at the back end. It matters that they feel like they're part of the show Mm. and that they're part of the whole experience. And then they hang with you. We have a retention rate, our retention rates, uh, 70% over four years. So 70% of our sponsors have been with us over four years, some, some 10, 12 years now. Uh, and it's because they're engaged and they're part, they feel like they're part of the family. Uh, and, for, and that's the most important thing we've done. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah. For, for folks on Clubhouse or maybe who don't, I mean, who don't know how big the Horse Radio Network is, when you kind of quote your network stats, what do you say? Because the the average podcaster that has 500 downloods may be saying, yeah, that's great advice, Glenn, but I get 500 Yeah, but downloads. our downloads, how big is your I mean, network? Uh, you know, we have 20 shows and we have shows that get, get, get you know, the Horses in the Morning shows, our biggest show. <clears throat> you know, that's in the thousands and thousands of downloads every day. And then we have some shows that get a couple hundred. So it's, it's the gambit in there with all 20 of the shows. Um, but... The other thing is consistency. We're very consistent. I, I preach that every time I talk is you've got to be consistent. If you expect to have a sponsor, sponsors are getting smart. Even the smaller sponsors now are getting smart. And they'll look at your podcast and go, well, first of all, you were weekly. Then you were every other week. And then you did one a month. And then you didn't do any for a couple months. And now you're back. How do I? Kn-? 
they're concerned, and this is my concern too, before they come on the networks, how do I know you're not going to fall into that pattern again? So I pay you to do a weekly show and then you're not doing them and I've already paid you, you know, am I guaranteed to get what I'm, I'm supposed to get? Yeah. So that's something that if you want sponsors eventually, you've got to be consistent because they're going to look at that. And if you're not consistent, then they're probably, that's a good excuse for them not to use you, right? Yep. Um, so consistency is so important when you're looking at getting a sponsor in the future. They want to see consistency in the past. Yeah, don't get it. Also a shows you're just responsible, right? That's it. Uh, yeah. Well, we we do have a question from the chat room. Yeah. Uh, uh, they need to know how is the shirt fitting? Are are they running? Okay. Big? This I usually wear a le- extra large, and I can tell after this is washed that it's just going to fit. So definitely, they do not run small. Okay. okay? Or, I mean, they do run probably a little small is what I meant to say. So go larger. Go go larger than smaller is yeah. what I would say. And After it's washed, I can tell it's going to shrink a bit. I'm going to say, I actually shrunk the one I'm wearing, and it seems okay. It so, does? Okay. Yeah, so I haven't washed it yet. Uh, so. This shirt is available at podcastclothes.com. Um, that's a fun one to say. I don't know why. And uh, right now... Is this your site? Or is, is this your that, all yours? That's my site, Yeah. <laughs> And currently, uh, T Public is running a thirty-five percent off uh, sale. So go get yourself a podcast shirt. I need almost famous podcaster. I like that. <laughs> get that. Did you uh, Did you come up with those designs, Dave? Uh, no. What's cool about this site? If you never played with T Public, like I made the obviously the don't be boring one, but a lot of these are. Well, here, let me go back to sharing my screen. A lot of these are other people have put them on there, and then what's cool about T Public is yeah, you earn a small, and I mean small, uh, bit of profit from that. But some of that goes to whoever made the design. So you can see there's, I, I love this one, anything but a Yeti. I love the t-shirt. Um, Why does the Yeti get so much hate? It's not that It's bad. just oh used horribly. No. You know? well, but yeah, because Dave, they I did. all do it like this. I know. Here. Yeah. Well, at it. <laughs> hey, I, just, I just had this, I, I say that, and then this week I was working with somebody, and she had just bought it. And she was doing, Dave, it was, yeah. you know, it was pointing straight at her and she was talking into it and it didn't sound great. And I said, okay, I want you to do a few things for me. First, stand the mic up straight. Like, let's mm. get that thing. And then I'm like, turn it around. So the label faces you. <laughs> and as soon as she did that, like the sound just went, oh, That's it. You know, there were angels in the background. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> so I, I get it. I get people don't use it correctly. But That's really the pretty, biggest problem. Pretty so. good mic. Can I throw one other thing in nugget yeah. in before we go? I think it's with two million podcasts now passing this week. Um, you know, I realize only you know a hundred, couple hundred thousand are active, but still, we just passed two million podcasts. Everything that we're doing now, we're doing with the mindset of how is it different? We've got to be different. You can't. You know, I'm not a big advocate now of bringing shows on the network that are just interview shows, that are just one big long interview. It's, you know, we're going more segments than we ever have in the past, shorter segments, shorter interviews, more segments. And how are we different than the 10,000 other podcasts out there? What makes us different? What are we doing that's unique? Or how can we make it different? It's so important right now if you're going to stand out at all. But Glenn, that's, that's a hard question to answer. I don't want to. I don't want to answer a hard question. I just want to talk into a microphone and have somebody give me money for no apparent reason at all. Reason. <laughs> it is hard. Yeah, it is. Well, I, Glenn, I think what you're saying too is it, it requires some creativity and some work. And you know, I, I we're the, getting away from the 
I'm just going to show up with two guys in a mic or I'm just going to do an interview show. Um, I, I think it, it does. It's requiring more. Now you still, the beauty of it is you still can do that if you want. Yes. Oh like, yeah. No one's saying no. No one's taking down your podcast. No and one, you can do a you, good you know, interview show that's different than everybody else's, right. but make it different. Right. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Uh, then I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, okay. A little pop quiz. Um, what do you wish you knew when you first started podcasting? Is there anything oh, when you look back and go, oh, man, I wish I would have known that. things I wish I knew when I started podcasting. Uh, I wish I had known it was going to take so long for the world to catch up mm-hmm. to podcasting because I might have done things a little bit differently. I might have, instead of counting on podcasting, I counted on podcasting to become a thing long before it did. Because, you know, you bo- you and I both started, I started 2006. So I thought in the, er- you know, I thought 2010 and 11, we were going to be getting there. Yeah, we, we, well, we talked about that back then. We thought we were going to be getting there and then we never did. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it was, what, four years ago, we started to get there. And now in the last two years, we're getting there. I waited too long. I would have had a side hustle built into the whole thing. And I would have been making a lot more money now. I don't know what that side hustle is. You know, I don't know what that other thing was. Uh, but I would have taken, instead of throwing all my eggs in this basket, I would have, I would have had a couple baskets. And that's where I made a mistake. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. That's, Glenn, that's actually very transparent. I appreciate that. Honestly, no, it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm making less money now than I probably did in sales. But then I was in financial sales in a good time, you know. So I'm having more fun now. So I'm enjoying it more, but it's the constant thing of one, I'm the salesman also, so I'm selling the ad. So I'm constantly working that all the time. And then we're always trying to think about how to do things differently. We have a lot more competition when we, for the first 10 years, we were the only ones doing horse podcasts. And now there's a hundred of them, right? And of course they start and in six months they're gone, you know, you know, hardly any of them are hanging around. Uh, But we always are thinking, we're number one. What can I do, number one, in our space that others can't do? So one of the things we're doing this year is we're going on a road trip. So we're going five weeks, and we're we're taking our camper, and we're going to be staying at Listener Farms. Mm -hmm. And we're going 14 states, staying at Listener Farms, doing meetups at Listener Farms, doing trail rides, concerts. We're coming to Dave's house up in Ohio for a couple days. Um, so we're going to be doing that because we can do it. I sold that out in sponsorships in a week because also another tidbit is sponsors love one-offs. They love that better than they do committing for a long period of time. They love sponsoring one-off events. It's much easier for them to wrap their brain around and they want to be part of it. So for me, selling one-offs is easier than selling long-term sponsorships. That's nice. uh, that's gold right there, to be honest, yeah. and thinking about, I think for podcasters going into the ad space that are not doing it today, the target probably to start is one-offs as opposed to like, hey, uh, go with me for a year. Like, well, okay, you don't really have any track record. The one-offs uh, may be more helpful that way. Yeah. Kim just piped in Glenn in Ohio. I know she lives near you, Dave. Yeah, so she, parties she, at your house, apparently. That's it. <laughs> I'll have to get things in order. Jeez, I might even drive out for that. <laughs> How far I've west are not- you going, Glenn? We're we're gonna we're hitting Tennessee for a concert in Nashville with uh, some friends of ours. We're putting on a concert for a fundraiser for a, a charity, a therapeutic riding center. We're hitting Alabama. We're gonna stop at a couple farms there. Then we're going into uh, up to Michigan to do a big trail ride up there. And then Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maryland, the Carolinas, uh, Virginia. We're we're gonna be we're gonna be visiting. 
15 listener farms uh, oh. along the way. And we'll do the shows from their farms. And, you know, we're going to have meetups all along the way and parties and just have a good time. Here's the beauty of this. You're either going to end up with great content or a great story, which, of course, is great content. Either one's great content. <laughs> it's going to suck. Or yeah. We're going to add video to this. I think this needs video. Yeah. So we're definitely adding video to this. This we've never done before. So we're, we're doing that. Do you, do you guys have a YouTube channel? That you, yeah, I mean, we've never really used it. Okay. Are you going to use it for this? Yes. For this time? Uh, yeah, and we're going to get the video. Neil over at uh, Wild Style Media yeah. uh, is going to be editing our videos, and we're going to put one out a week. So we'll do all the footage, send it over, and he'll put them out every week. So we're going to get it professionally done. <laughs> that's, so. a great, that's a great idea. Is Scooter you know, making and, the trip? No, Scooter's not making the trip. <laughs> it's my pony. <laughs> He's not going to make the trip. We can't haul us and the horse trailer. Yeah. We can't haul our camper and the horse <laughs> trailer at the same time. So. I've seen quite a lot of, or quite a few YouTubers as doing these kinds of things, and they ship their video daily to an editor who then yep. is three or four days behind, but then posting regular daily updates. And I, I think that's fantastic. That's a great way to energize your YouTube channel. It's a great way to get your listeners involved. It's a, it's a one-off, too, if you're not yep. regularly doing it. This is a, a content one-off that I think helps. You may get some of your listeners like, oh, I'm not a regular. I don't watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. But for this, I'll head over and subscribe to make sure I, I stay up with the daily. Well, and we were very deliberate in choosing not to go to Olympians farms and the big farms. We mm. want to go to listener farms because mm. listeners are curious about other listeners. They want to see how, uh, they want to see yeah. how people like them live, right? right? They want to see their barns. They want to see their horses. So, you know, we can go to the Olympian farms and do that along the way, but I don't think it would be as interesting. It wouldn't be as fun for us either. Uh, I think it's going to be fun going to listener farms. I think that's what makes us different. And we can do it because we can afford to do it, whereas our competition can't. Right, right. So, yeah. There you that's go. Awesome. That's, that's a, awesome. That's a great when, example. When is the trip? Sorry, sorry, Dave. August. When, uh, so, Dave, we're going to give you the dates and you better be home. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the ultimate. Oh, sorry, I'm... Talking Sorry, I'm in, out of town. I'm talking at Poughkeepsie. Yeah. You've been in my studio. I've never been in yours. Oh, it's a mess right now. It's always a mess. So it's always fun. Well, I determined we're going to have to stay at a campground, though. I looked at Dave. On, I looked at your house on uh, on on Google Maps and, yeah. and overhead. Uh, there's no room for us. There. There's no room. No. no. It's no. a little stalkerish, Glenn. Yeah, I would <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I would you sounded like a stalker there for a second. I, I would love to have you, but uh, when I, I don't. It's not much of a joke when I say I can reach out the window and grab the salt shaker off my neighbor's uh, yeah, it's kitchen It's true. Table. I saw that. <laughs> it's, these, these are little houses built back in the days when the rubber plants and the rubber factories were huge in Akron, Ohio, and they all look the yeah, same. Yeah, but it's yours. It is mine. It's your little slice of Ohio. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for having me on today. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for jumping Always in. great appreciate to see it. you. Thanks and buy your shirt. Where again, Dave? Where do you buy your shirt? Podcastclothes.com. Thanks, Glenn. You're welcome. Thank you. Can you support me on the I poor? Can, I can a little definitely bit. support you on the poor. And this is where we thank our awesome supporters. And um, right now, the teacher's pet still, which I'm very happy about, Dog Podcast Network. Glenn, did you know that if your horse does not shake the water off its body when it gets out of the tub, which is really annoying, it will die? I did not know that. Really? Yeah. If you wow. listen to Dog Edition... That was yeah. uh, in the episode, along with why do dogs hump? Of course. Um, so if you uh, if you have a dog and uh, you're a dog person, if you are if you identify as a dog person, 
you want to check out dogpodcastnetwork.com. And of course, there's actually looking for stories. You can win up to $5,000. Check it out, dogpodcastnetwork.com. Um, and we want to thank our $20 supporters. Awesome people like Shane at spybrary.com. Ed Sullivan, I actually met with Ed this week. He's such a nice guy. I mean, I've, yes. I've been with him before and uh, up in Boston. But if you're looking for an editor, check out Ed at sonniccupcake.com. Uh, Felix over at the Latin podcast awards. He was actually on the new media show last week. Uh, I heard him over there uh, talking to Todd and Rob. So if you have a, a Latin podcast, you might want to check him out again. Latin podcast awards brought to you by the dice network. Oh, um, and then we just heard him, uh, Glenn, the geek Hebert over at horse radio network.com 20 shows. Did you hear that Jim? 20. Yeah. I my brain hurts when I think about that. So if you are uh, into horses, check out Glenn over at horseradionetwork.com. Max Trescott up in the air at aviationnewstalk.com. So if you're into planes, uh, check him out over there. If you're into money, check out uh, Greg at debtshepherd.com where he is teaching financial wellness. Again, that's debtshepherd.com. Kim, we talked about her just a couple seconds ago from toastmasters101.net. If you're looking to develop your voice, reduce your editing time, and improve your content, then you want Toastmasters. Greg over at the Indie Drop-In Network. You can find that at IndieDropIn.com. If you've got a true crime show, a comedy show, or a scary kind of story uh, show, then definitely check him out. IndieDropIn.com. He's helping find people. He basically has an audience that's looking for your type of stuff. Uh, uh, You know what? Michael gave me the slide, and I forgot to update the PowerPoint. That's so – that drives me nuts. Anyway, Michael – Delaney over at babymountainradio.com. He's got Baby Mountain Radio Productions because I asked him, I'm like, hey, send that to me. He did. I know. You've been begging him to do and that. And I just realized he sent it to me this week. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I never updated on, the stupid thing. So <laughs> check out Mike over at Baby Mountain Radio Productions. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And if you want to do things like sponsor Jim's Cup or do a one-time donation, or all those other. I have to add podcast close to that, I guess, over there. Yeah, you do. All our stuff is at askthepodcastcoach.com slash store. So one thing we did kind of mention here, if you haven't heard, we went over 2 million active podcasts. Is that it? It's not active. 2 million podcasts total in Apple Podcasts. And then if you go into the stats, that's where you see the one I always like to look at, the one that really counts in my book is how many, like right now, 37% of those are active or 757,000, meaning that they've put out at least one episode in the last 90 days. And if you go down a little further, how many have more than 10 episodes? That is, let me look at this graph here. That's this one, 734,000. So if you're like 2 million, I'll never, you know, it's going to be hard to be found in that big giant wad of podcasts, but there's only 734,000. And if that's you, still a lot though, Dave, 700,000 podcasts is still a lot. Yeah. And that's yeah. where like Glenn was talking about, how am I going to stand out? And the other thing to think of is what if you come up with, I don't know how I'm going to stand out. Don't let that stop you from starting. You know, you may find that later uh, as Glenn was talking about some of the stuff he does just happens by accident. I have a, a guy that just started the school of podcasting they do the pro football um, fast break podcast. And it's a guy from radio and his two high school slash college uh, sons. And I said, that's a hook. I just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I said, there's, I said, that's, what's going to make you guys different. I said, most other 
podcasters are not related. I said, unless it's a husband wife team, things like that. I said, Mm -hmm. so I don't know if there's a way we can somehow bring the fact that you guys are father and son, you know, into the podcast. I go, that would make you different because especially if you think about it, sports, sports is an area that I scratch my head on. Number one, because I live near Cleveland, Ohio and all of our teams suck. Uh, And then the other one is, Hey, the Browns did pretty well this year. The Browns are ruining that phrase. Yes. Mm. We're no longer calling the stadium, the factory of sadness. So, (laughs) uh, but if you think about sports, it's, it's people talking about other people. And again, that really have, you're talking about things that you're very passionate about, right? But in the end, it's, we're all talking about the guys on the field and we hope they win. And then if they do or they don't, then we talk about what we think they did wrong and everybody's doing really the same thing. It's all analyzing. And, you know, some people are into the whole, uh, they get into the, what do you call it? Fantasy football thing Mm -hmm. where you you pick people Mm -hmm. and things like that. So, um, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to stand out and that's where you just have to know, like Glenn said, he wished he'd known how long it was going to take for kind of the audience to catch up to podcasting. It's always that way though. I mean, it's always slower than you think uh, in, in any industry, in anything, you know, every once in a while you'll have something, you know, TikTok is probably a good example of that, where that thing exploded and went, you know, went hyper, hyperbolic, mm-hmm. went hyperbolic very, very quickly. You have a few things like that, but I think most everything else just takes <laughs> takes a little bit of time, you know. And and so the key is to stick it out. I, I think it's just to continue to if you if you love doing it, like if you're doing podcasting as a job. And by the way, that's fine if you do it that way. And and you don't necessarily love it, but you're doing it for other reasons, and those other reasons disappear. Stop doing it. Just stop. It doesn't make it. That that doesn't make any sense. If you're in this because you love getting on the mic, like I wake up every Saturday morning and I am like, man, I cannot wait till 930. Like I get, you know, I go out and brew the coffee and I have all my whole routine set up, right? I mean, I have a, I I live, my Saturdays kind of revolve around Ask the Podcast Coach because it's so much fun. I would, there's, there's very little in this for me for, if, if we were thinking about money or fame or right, some of those kinds of things, but but I love doing it. So I'm going to keep doing it, Dave, until you say, until you call me that one dreaded day and say, <laughs> Jim, we're not going to do it. Ask the podcast. Coach it's not anymore. fun anymore. Yeah. We're not going to do it anymore. I, we're, I hope for, we're a long way from that. But I think you have to kind of, if you love doing it, um, just stay, just keep doing it. But as we had Glenn, I think Glenn on here talking about podcast advertisers, I think this is, there's a misconception among podcasters, sometimes you got to punch out of your own network. So you're going to have to pay. It's just not going to happen naturally. You're going to have to pay to punch through your own bubble, so to speak. You know, you have this bubble around you of where you have influence and you're going to have to pay to get outside of that. And that may be paying to get on somebody else's podcast or paying to have an ad somewhere where people will see it. If I was, if I had a horse podcast and Glenn would let me, I would pay to be on Glenn's podcast. Like I would pay to be a guest. Yeah. It, it that's a big network, right? That would punch me out of my bubble. I think that's the mistake a lot of podcasters make is they, they're like, I can't, how do I do this? But I don't want to pay anything. And it's like, well, okay, yeah. then it's going to take a long time. Uh, we do have a question in the chat room. Yeah. Uh, Michael from babymountainradio.com says, gentlemen. Who, who sent you a slide that you haven't that I didn't put yet. in. Yes. <laughs> gentlemen, I haven't put out a new episode for of the podcast for about two years now. Um, Michael did a show about dementia. Um, 
caregiving for dementia, I believe was the title. And uh, he said, I'm getting 535 downloads in March. My question is, how long should I leave it on Libsyn? Well, if you take it off of Libsyn, it goes, your your podcast dies. So I would do one of two things. I definitely do this one, unless you want stats. Uh, go If you want stats, go down to the $7 a month plan. So depending on what plan you're already on, uh, that will save you because then that's going to mean you can't upload any new files over 50 megs, but you're not uploading new files. So that's not going to be a problem. Um, the other thing you can look at is if you're like, you know what, I'm done. I'm never going to add more stuff to this. And, but I want it to be out there for people to listen to. That's to me when you move to a free service, I'm not a big fan of, of anchor and, you know, red circle and things like that. Although if I, if somebody said pick one, I'd go red circle before I went to anchor, but although you could throw it on anchor and then do an ad for anchor and get paid point zero zero one seven cents when somebody hears it. But, um, that would be something, you know, uh, you could think about if you're like, look, this is, you know, I don't want to kill it, but I'm not going to be adding to it. So either downgrade to the five slash $7 plan or move to a free host. And then that way, I mean, I had a, a website and Kim went through this too. There are times when you put your websites in places and then something happens and you get the WordPress screen of death and you're like, you know what? That's a website I, I don't even play with anymore. And yeah, it's gone and who cares? I'm not going to rebuild it. So when I move stuff to a free host or, or things like that, it's usually a podcast that if for some reason the free service goes out of business, I don't really care. It's kind of been sunsetted anyway. I don't know. Thoughts, Jim? Well, I, you know, I, I put everything also over at the Internet Archive, right? <clears throat> and that's not, I, it's not a host, not intended right. to be a host provider. In fact, that's a nonprofit, I think, and some other things. But they're trying to archive the Internet. Um, I'm kind of hoping that will outlive me from, because like my host provider eventually is going to go away. I'm going to go away. I'm hoping that stays around so that that's an, that would be another option if you wanted to leave it out there and, 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 you know, point people towards it. If you just didn't want it to go away forever, that'd be a great, a great place to put it. It, it's got, um, you know, it can, it can host those things and people can go over there and listen, by the way, that's what they intended with the internet archive. It's, it, it's intended to be a place to, to, to really keep track of everything that ever happened on the internet. So don't be afraid to put it there. Yeah. Just don't use it as a host provider. That's not. And they not, don't. They don't have a feed, right? No, uh, they don't have a feed. I, I I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think so. I you know, can point to it like it's a. I mean, you could yeah. put it. You you have a MP3 dot MP3 thing you can point to for your feed. Like you could do it in WordPress, create a feed, and that could. I was going to say that could serve. I don't know why they don't block that in some way, but yeah. So if it's, you were, it's if not you, great. So if you're using PowerPress. You could update all your MP3 files to be instead of Libsyn or yeah. Captivate or whoever. It could be. You could point yeah, them over there, but then you still yeah. have a website that you're paying for. And that's where you do. Yeah. And and there's no guarantee that the Internet Archive is going to stay around forever. No, that's right? true. This is the this is the thing. Every year they raise money to you know it's like the Library of Congress. You know they they raise money and you're like okay in theory this thing is designed to be around a long time, but that doesn't mean 50 years from now it's still going to be a thing. Think of all the podcast, you know, the podcasting companies that have started and have left that, I mean, some of them a long time ago now. We're talking 10 years since some of those have gone out of business. So yeah, you got to, the only way to guarantee your stuff stays around is for you to pay for it. That guarantees it will stay someplace if you're, if you're paying for it. But otherwise, it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Uh, 
Dan in the chat room says, uh, we were talking about how to stand out and we're talking about sports. He says, you can boil that down really to everything, uh, not just sports podcasts. A podcast about podcasting is always talking about people talking into a mic, but there still are a lot of unique shows. I can say this. I heard, I, I found a podcast in Overcast called Real Talk, and it caught my eye because, oh, uh, Brendan, I think Brandon from Utah, Utah Podcast Summit, um, he's in the chat room a lot, I think was a guest. And I was like, oh, cool. And it was called Real Talk. And what's interesting is I then went looking for it. There are, Do not name your show Real Talk because there are no less than 15 shows called Real Talk Podcast. And I was like not knocking those guys for naming it that. I was just amazed at like, well, but I, I literally, I can't find their podcast on the web. I have to go, I'll probably have to go into iTunes I'm on a PC, find their show and click on the website link to actually take me to their website. Yeah. You almost need the author to, to yeah. separate it out, right? Yeah. Cause the author tag is searchable. So you could put in, go to, go to iTunes and search real talk and then the name of the author and they'll probably find it that way. Yeah. I have in my notes here in Trello and this really ties in. I, I didn't plan it this way. Uh, this was in Tom Webster's latest newsletter. And if you're not reading Tom Webster's newsletter, you should be. It's it's this is a guy from Edison Research and he always has me going, ooh, like if you can make me think, but he said for podcasting, he goes, people always say content is king or queen, um, or or it's some sort of monarch. And he goes, as we look at podcasting now, he's now changing that. What would you say is really the king when it comes to holding people's attention and growing your audience? Today? What's uh, well, what, just, what's king? Yeah. Man, that's a. If it's, I, mean, I think if it's that's not the, content. Well, I mean, it's it's always content. Like it, it, you yeah. that that it boils down to it. But I think um, you know, again, we go back to what we talked about in the beginning of the show, which is what is interesting and what is in. And I think if if you've got if you're competing on content and you're providing the exact same content, you have to you have to make people feel comfortable listening to you, whatever that is, right? Well, his his word for that. And it, you're on the right path. Personality. Yeah. If you think yeah. about it, that's really right. what, and that's, if you think about the news, I always bring that up as an example. Every night there's, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox plus, you know, CNN, NBC. And usually the reason like I watch, if I watch the morning news, which I haven't done in about probably, I maybe watch it three times this in the last year. Cause it was like the COVID, every channel was the COVID channel. And I just got out of the habit of watching the morning news, but I watched and people like, Oh, Fox news. I didn't watch Fox news because I'm a, but I watched it because it's sissy and Glenn and the other really hot brunette, um, whose name is escaping me (laughs) easy now. Yeah, I know. But that's why I watched And They were, you know, and then they had Andre and like, and they were all very, Almost to the point of like, well, you guys are almost unprofessional because they're always laughing and joking. And oh, yeah. I remember the one time I tuned in and the one guy, I think his name is Glenn. No, that's Glenn. the Geek. Anyway, there was a guy, the the main anchor dude was marrying. Bob. We'll somebody. call him Bob. Yeah, we'll Bob. Bob. Yeah. Bob was yeah. Bob was actually marrying a couple on the news. And I was like, it must be a slow news day because Bob is making the news. And I was like, that was weird. Well, you so, kind of got to wonder too. Sometimes we wander off the path thinking being very different is yeah. the key, right? And so, you know, maybe they had gotten a news director or had gotten a new team that was like, hey, let's be as unique as possible 
trying all these different <laughs> things to see. No, hey, if that's what they were doing, you can't fault them for trying. Maybe they were, maybe they were trying to bring a little levity to news after the last summer and last fall and last January. Like, listen, it's been a rough, it's been a rough year for news, right? And yeah. so maybe they were trying to bring some levity to it. But, but they're trying. I mean, they're trying. At least they tried different things to see what would stick. To Glenn's point, you know, a lot of the best things that end up in shows happen by accident. And then they just become a happy accident that you kind of depend on over time. And people are, you know, if I stop to do, if we, listen, if we stop doing the coffee pour, we get a couple comments from people right. like, hey, where, where's the pour? And like, we do it every week. I know, but where's the pour? You know, so people begin to depend and look for some of those things in, the, I, I, I honestly believe in our chat room, there is some consistency in there of their friends like they come every week they yeah. this is their time to spend time with each other is is our chat room if we stop doing this dave there would be some who go what am i going to do on saturday mornings like this is your part of my routine now we've been doing this for six years or whatever yeah it's been a what while you're, yeah you've been you're part of my routine you're part of part of our consistency is is comforting or is helpful to others who who it's built into there. It's built into every Saturday morning. I used yeah. to run on Saturday mornings. That was my, I would run races. I've stopped doing that because I don't want to miss the show. Well, right. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Probably starting in a couple of weeks uh -oh. where, where now this show, no, where now the okay. show comes out usually <laughs> later on this afternoon, it might start coming out on Monday. Cause the one thing I really miss is exercising on, on Saturdays. I used to go out and ride my bike and, and by the time I get done with Ask the Podcast Coach, and I'm, I've got two video versions, right. two audio versions, it's like the day's done. So, um, but we had a great comment in the uh, the chat room here. Engaging conversations and host rapport can override some barriers. The key, I believe, is spreading the word, especially in your chosen community and genre, which brings me to Dave Jackson's equation for podcast growth. And that is value in the episode multiplied by smart promotion equals total number of downloads. Because if you have no value, well, zero times anything is zero. And if you have a lot of value, but you don't promote it, well, it will grow with a trickle. So value times smart promotion equals downloads. And that's, again, not easy, as I say. It's like, well, it just takes a while. So, Well, and I think sometimes smart promotion isn't as smart as you think. Well, that's, I think some, sometimes you do some things and you think you're being smart and it goes nowhere. And then Sometimes you do nothing and it breaks out beyond itself and you just, I think you have to be there to take advantage of it when it, you know, kind of when it does happen. I, I remember years ago, I, I got an opportunity to write for Byte Magazine. So I wrote an article on a, a now extinct tablet, the HP mm. smart tablet or something. I can't, I can't even remember what it was. And on Byte Magazine, they, you know, they put a link to my website and, and the, the biggest spike I have ever seen in on my website ever was that week and it and dave i'm talking exponential spike this right. you know i went from dozens a day to thousands a day right bam and it hit and it stayed for a couple days and then it, you know it, it began to kind of trickle off and it was a huge opportunity and i'm uh, you know today i'm not sure that any of those people are left you know that well, you know but it was an opportunity you can't you can't pass up on that but it also doesn't necessarily mean I was going to be popular forever because I had one, you know, one post. The uh, the book I'm reading right now, it's an ebook. I wish it was. I, it's the one I talked about where I had to go through 47 conversions to get it on my Kindle. 
but it's called the um, Creator's Compass. And he says mm-hmm. it's not about getting a new listener. It's about keeping a new listener. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, mm, man, yeah. that's, again, easier said than. Uh, What's than- the conversion, right? That's what you're talking yeah. about. It's converting them. It's not just, yeah. it's just not eyeballs on the site, but how do I convert them into an active? And I think for us, it, you know, there's two measures now. The one is the the comments in the chat room. Like, yeah. I think that is a really good indication of how healthy we are because you can't manipulate it. You can't sell it. You can't buy it. This, the chat room happens because of engagement, right? Yep. Same thing within Clubhouse, right? The Clubhouse folks, the, the, you can't, it's, it's maybe a little easier to manipulate it on Clubhouse with some of the things that they allow you to do. But the, the Clubhouse engagement, I think, speaks to that. So those are, for me, those are two really big marks of engagement that I say, if all of a sudden our chat room died, Dave, I would be, I would go, mm, oh, we, we have a problem. Well, that and, you know? and that's half the thing that makes the show fun is the chat room. You know, I mean, we have 34 people right now watching on YouTube. Right. We have another, right. we, we're dropping people like flies right now in Clubhouse. We're down to, I know that's because those YouTube buddy. people are better than those Clubhouse people. I don't know who would ever <laughs> say otherwise. <laughs> uh, well, I have one, one question and I've run into now two people that have, that they explain to themselves that, look, I have multiple passions. I, I like this. I like that. And I'm like, da, 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 and I was like, okay. And I'm asking the question now and I'm calling it multi-passion. I, I've now, co- I don't know if anybody else has coined that phrase, but I'm saying I coined it. At least I coined it here. Can multi-passion be a niche? Does it make any sense? Like, can I, like I'm making a show for people who have multiple passions Yeah. Um, yeah. because I can't be the only person that likes multiple things. And yeah. I was and like multiple meaning like, very different ideas like horses and podcasting. Those are two different. Is that what you mean? Yeah, kind of. And they just, cause part of me goes, all right, well, it looks like you can't pick a topic, but if you can kind of get them somewhat, I always point to Jordan Harbinger. Jordan Harbinger has Mm -hmm. a wide variety of people on his show, but they're all about critical thinking. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's an astronaut, it's an actress, it's a athlete, but it's all about how to think better. Um, Almost can variety be a niche, right? That's that's kind of what we're saying. I, I do this on Home Gadget Geeks. I mean, we had we had a an, a reviewer from Canada on one week talking about phones and tablets, and the next week we had a guy talking about water purification, and then this week we kind of talked about ultra wide monitors, right? But it's all tech related. Yeah. Um. This was I don't have her name. This was in the podcast movement Facebook group. She says, "Does anyone else have a podcast based around an idea?" And not really a subject. I cover a lot of different topics, but my podcast is based on having deep discussions and skipping the small talk. I'm struggling with marketing because I'm not boxed in with my one niche like true crime or paranormal or whatever. I have several different series that I rotate through the months. Would love tips on how to market a show that covers a lot of different things. So that's what I was like. Well, yeah, you know, it's harder, by the way. I think marketing that is harder. That's it. That's my whole thing is like you can do it. But just realize that, you know, it's not the 70s and Flip Wilson and Ed Sullivan and all the other, you know, you think about, is there a variety show now on TV that where you'll see uh, an author and a singer? I mean, the closest well, thing you have but, is some of the talent shows. 
Yeah, I was going to say, America's Got Talent and some of those, yeah. or Britain's Got Talent. Insert the name right. of your country in there, yeah. Got Talent. I think some of those have replaced the variety. Remember the old gong show? Oh, man. <laughs> listen, listen, children. I mean, uh, adults <laughs> today. If you haven't seen episodes of the gong show, just go out to YouTube and watch it. It is like nothing you will ever, ever see well, anywhere else. Not only that, How that got on TV, I don't know. It was always interesting to see who the judges were going to be. Because that was kind of like the Dancing with the Stars. Yes, at the time. it was. It was like sea yeah. level. It's like, hey, it's Jamie Farr from MASH. You yeah. Know, MASH and it is meant cleaner. nothing. <laughs> the, 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 the judges, what they said meant no, nothing. No. It, it, and it wasn't even, there was no prizes and it wasn't. And then it would end in chaos. Like, you just got to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's just. Wasn't there some sort of, I, I know if you didn't get gonged, you'd then get a score. Yeah. And I think, but yeah. wasn't it something like, you know, a hundred bucks or something like the price was like, uh, it was almost it like was. a handshake. I'm pretty sure they were high most of the time. They were doing that yeah. show. Well, didn't it turn out, was that true that that guy was like in the FBI or something like that? The the host of that show? Yeah. Uh, Chuck, was it Chuck Barris? Something. Barris. Yes, it was. No, it was Chuck Barris. Yeah, I, think that's, um, I think that's right. Kim says there's, he was loony. Yeah. He was loony. It's the well, day of the law, I, I, man. What, that guy. What was that? Eighties, late seventies late 70s yeah because i'm, I'm, say I'm like sensing 70. a lot of cocaine was being consumed on that show or something it was wacky so, all right we've we've gone down the yes, show anyways down. go go google the gong show if you want to every once in a while when i just want to remember how wacky the 70s was yeah uh just go out there and and do that it was a long time ago but back to the point i think when you're when you're doing variety it's it's a little bit harder to not only advertise for it to get advertisers for it yeah but also to to promote it because you don't know. This may be an area, and it, or, or I know we're buttoned right up yeah. against the end here, but this might be an area where a future schedule or keeping your listeners very in the know of what's coming up may be helpful. Maybe that would be a, a help for Variety. Yeah, even Jordan Harbinger, I listened to his last, uh, well, next to the last episode, he interviewed Leah Rimey, I think her name is. She's the, the big anti, um, oh, Tom Cruise religion thingy. Uh, Scientology. There you go. Yeah, she was in Scientology for like 40 years. And so Jordan was interviewing her and he's like, look, he goes, not all of my shows are going to have a checklist and things like that. He goes, I don't want you to think all the time. He's like, but this is an interesting story. And he's talked about um, the psychology of cults in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, and it was, it was really interesting hearing some of the stuff that they they talked about. But uh, speaking of people talking about things that are talking about things, um, what's coming up on <laughs> the average guy.tv <laughs> nice segue yeah. i like that um actually so this week we spent a bunch of time talking about monitors i moved the monitors around in my studio i took the two 1080p monitors moved them to the work side and moved the ultra wide onto the mac and it changed my life so we spent a bunch of time is an ultra wide worth it some of those kinds of things i'll publish it a little bit later out at the average guy.tv got it and on the school of podcasting we're answering that question what is the one thing you wish you knew when you started podcasting? So thanks to the chat room and thanks to Clubhouse. Stick around. We're not done yet. We'll be back in about, I don't know, 10 seconds with more questions. 